The angel of the church in Ephesus, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Revelation 2, 1. A study of the book of Revelation often takes apocalyptic imagery and expression. Hence, it's largely ignored. There are so many nuggets encapsulated in the book of Revelation, and we will be taking a look at a few of them in this teaching. Today, Pastor Landry helps us meet John, a beloved apostle exiled to the remote, rocky, and harsh island of Patmos in Hello Church, I know. Good morning. Not, <laughs> so I'll say hello, church. I say hello. <laughs> All right, we're winding down. You know, um, this this will be the last installment of uh, our study of the letters uh, that Jesus instructed um, John, or Jesus dictated to John, to uh, write to the uh, seven churches in the book of Revelation. And uh, one of these, the, the book of Revelation is very, it's a very encouraging book. It's a book that is full of hope rather than fear. Um, and I'm hoping that one of these days, you know, as time, you know, goes on, we'll have a time to just go through the whole of that, uh, that book. But um, as it stands, we will be ending this series today. And it is Hello Church. You have help. Can you say that with me? Hello, you have help. Okay, thank you for telling me I have help. Now tell me. <laughs> yeah, can you, can you fit somebody and say, hello, church. You have help. Praise God. All right. So, uh, we thought, first of all, about uh, hello, church, I know. God was acknowledging us. Jesus acknowledged us. He acknowledges, he knows. There's nothing that goes that Jesus does not know or Jesus does not understand, right? And then we went to uh, hello, church, turn back because uh, the church began to have issues. Even though they were doing well, Jesus said, I have this thing against you. And one of the things that Jesus had against them was one of the most fundamental things that made them a Christian in the first place. And that was that they departed from the first of And we explained that on Sunday. Am I correct? And um, so today, uh, we're going to, you have help. Right? And Jesus was trying to let them know through the letter to John that his church has help. Let me start by way of, um, uh, maybe if you don't know me, there are some people here that I, you know, I don't know, maybe you don't know me at all. So um, I'm, I'm a parent, and I have two uh, young adults, uh, men, not boys now, but men. <laughs> uh, I don't want to call them boys again because, you know, I'll, uh, 
Let me just leave that alone. <laughs> All right? Now, maybe you don't know, and I don't know about any other parent, but for me, I love my two young adults to nothing. I mean, well, maybe to nothing. I don't know what to say. I just love them. I can take a bullet for them. That's how much love I have for them. I can take a bullet for my boys. And the uh, issue with uh, 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 the, uh, this love is that, um, let me go a little step, you know, is that apart from being able to take a bullet for them, I, I live through them vicariously. And let me explain that. All right? I, when I mean vicariously, I'm not imposing my life on them. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Or trying to get them to leave uh, some kind of, you know, life that I was hoping I would leave and I did not achieve, and then I impose it on them. That's not what I'm talking about. When I'm saying I live vicariously through them, I'm saying that when they're successful, I feel successful. Yeah. All right? When they're going through pain, I feel the pain. There's nothing that's going on with them that I don't feel. I feel it. That's how much love I have for them. And then you know another reason why I know I love them? I love them also because they are maybe one of the few people in the world that will make me go out of character to do what I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, I've done a little thing. I've done a few things out of character. I don't know about you. Uh, because, of my, uh, because of my sons, right? And um, uh, they, they have made me, you know, I've gone through hell and back. <laughs> and, and one of those kind of things that they made me go through is to make me sit down in a wrestling match. <laughs> Take them to a wrestling match. And for me as a person, I don't like a situation where, you know, you're inflicting pain or receiving pain. I don't like it at all. I, I, you know, I don't, but I had to do it for my sons. I remember one of those days, let me out somebody now. I remember one of those wrestling matches that we went to, and somebody who is nameless was sitting next to me. <laughs> person who remained nameless. And as they were twisting my boy like a pretzel and and hitting him, you know, smacking him on the mat and all of that kind of thing. And the person was there in the bleachers yelling, that's my son, leave him alone. Oh! <laughs> and all the people around us were laughing at us. Because, because the, boy, the boy was right there in the middle of the mat doing his own thing, did not know that we were even existing. <laughs> oh my God. But that's how much we love our parents, I mean, our, 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 you know, our, our children, right? But as much as I love my children, as much as I love them, I really, really do love my kids, right? But as much as I like them, I love them, and I hope they have the same kind of, you know, they, 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 you know, they, 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 they have the same kind of feeling, they feel the same way too, just the way I, I love them passionately, right? There are some times that they do not stop frustrating me. I get frustrated sometimes. You know why? Many reasons, but I'll tell you one. And one of the reasons why I get frustrated with my kids sometimes is because they mess up, right? 
And the problem is not because they mess up, and the problem is not because they're not doing right or things are not working well, or that's not the issue. The issue sometimes that really, really frustrates me is not the failure or whatever the issue is. The issue that frustrates me is that they have help and they will never ask for it. They have help, but they will never ask for it. And then they will repeat the mistake or they will, they will go and make mistakes and, and all of that kind of stuff and things like that, right? That they were not supposed to make. So the issue is not the mistake. The issue is that help has been provided, but they are not taking advantage of the help. And as we grow, and, you know, and as they have grown and grown older and all of that kind of stuff, and I, I, I keep telling them, right, that independence is good, but it is not enough. There are three stages of life that we must all go through, right? There's a state of complete dependence where we totally and completely depend on somebody to do things for us. And there's no problem with that. If that is the stage where, you know, a child is, that's good. It is a process for him to get to where he is going to go to. And the next step from independence that we normally do as human beings is what? We go from, uh, we go from independence, we, I mean, we go, we go from dependent to independence. That's another extreme. So from one extreme to the other, we jump to two extremes. And that, you know, independence is where my boys have come in for a long, long, long time. As we grow and as we increase as human beings and as we mature, we're expected to come to the middle, which is what? Interdependence, where you can easily ask for help and get help and do things that are better, where synergy begins to come in to your life. And you begin to, uh, uh, you're going to have exponential results. You put in a little and you get more because why? Because you have already, uh, you are mixing up with somebody else and getting help. And for us as many Christians, as Christians many times, the place where we have always been is that we're either very dependent. We're dependent on the pastor. We're dependent on the brother. We're dependent on this. It has to be done by this. It has to do this. They have to do this. And things have to, you know, we're dependent, right? We're completely dependent sometimes. And at other times, we're completely independent. Where we stand alone, we want to do it by ourselves, and, you know, we can, we can do whatever we want, you know, and, you know, it's me and God and myself and I and all of that. We, we're there, right? But where God is leading us to as a church and I mean as a local church and as the body of Christ, is that God wants us to take help. And that help is in the Holy Spirit. Can you, can you give me uh, 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 Revelation 2? Uh, do I need to read all this? Because we've read it for three weeks now, right? <laughs> Let's go to verse 6. No, seven, I'm sorry. Give me seven. Look at what it says. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You see that? Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Okay, well, I'll, I'll get there, but let me, let me just say this. Jesus, you know, remember last week, Jesus said, I had this against you, and that was the love of God. And what Jesus is telling them by this, what Jesus Christ is telling them by this, is that 
The love of God is going to be expressed by you through the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why I said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the church is saying. Now, I want to tell you this morning that to the efficient church, the issue was that they departed from their first love. But this morning, what is your own issue? No matter what the issue is, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstance is, I'm here to tell you that like God had the Holy Spirit for the efficient church, he still has the Holy Spirit for you today. And the Holy Spirit is your help. If you don't know it today, I want you to know, if you don't know before, I want you to know today that you have help. And the help is in the person of the Holy Spirit. All right? The Holy Spirit helps us in various ways. He helps our weaknesses. Romans 8, 26 and 27. He comforts us. John 14, 26. He helps testify of Jesus. John 15, 26. He helps in administrating the gifts of the Spirit. John 14, and on and on and on. But the help that we want to talk about today is that just like the Ephesian church had the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to hear and understand what God has on mind concerning you and concerning your family and concerning your job and concerning everything. It's present in the person of the Holy Spirit. And when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, I don't just want you to look at it like, you know, some kind of, uh, some kind of phenomena. Right? I want you to look at the Holy Spirit as a person. The Bible tells us that he is the third person of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit is ready to help you if you are going to take the help. The reason why we have issues and problems is that we're not taking the help of the Holy Spirit. And one of the areas that the Holy Spirit does help us is that he gives us the voice of God. We can hear the mind of God. We can understand the heart of God. We can know what God is up to when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. You have help. If you know what is in the mind of God, it's going to be easy for you to be able to face life and to overcome life. Just like Paul, I mean, just like John was telling the efficient church here. And he was telling them that he who has an heir will, uh, he, who, he who has an heir, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Why? Because you departed from your first love, not because you don't want to love God, not because uh, uh, there are some things that have uh, happened and the love of God has disappeared. No, that was not the reason why you departed from, uh, from the love of God, right? The reason why you departed from the love of God, if we look at the whole testimony and the stories, like I told you, we've told you, I've told you about, you know, what happened to the church at Ephesus. Am I correct? Now, the church at Ephesus had issues and challenges, and because of those challenges, they looked for extra help outside God. They look for extra help. They look for help outside God. And that was why they departed from the love of God. They moved away from the love of God. All right? Now, what is he telling us? In the same way, the vulnerability of the efficient church is also on us today. And the only person that can help us to maintain and to sustain the things that we need to do is what? Is the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you. 
Now let's dig deep into what uh, 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 Paul was saying. Let's dig deep into, uh, sorry, what John was saying. All right? Let's dig deep. What does it mean to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. What does that mean? What does that look like? If you look, if you, if you look very well in Scripture, you will understand that the Bible is telling us through the voice of John that you can hear the Holy Spirit. Say, he who has an ear. Do you have an ear? Yes. He said, he who has an ear, let him hear. He who has an ear, let him hear. Number one, you have the capacity to be able to hear because you have an ear. That's the first observation. The second observation is that all you need to do to be able to hear is to what? Listen. If you listen, you will hear. If you listen, you will hear. And, you know, a, a lot of these days you hear all kinds of things that people are saying and um, uh, people, people, people want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit to interpret the political permutations, right? Yes. The, the, and unfortunately, that is giving the church a black eye because what the person of the Holy Spirit is, we have manipulated it to use it for our own good, right? Because if I prophesy, if I say I heard the Holy Spirit told me that so-and-so person is going to win the election, it doesn't have anything to do with God. It has all to do with me. Am I correct? Why? Because I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say I prophesy. And guess what? All of you say, man, that guy has the Holy Spirit. That guy hears God. But that is not the reason for the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit is to help you to be able to mature as a Christian. That's the number one thing why the Holy Spirit will speak to you. It's not for political permutations. It's for you to be able to grow as a Christian. That is what the voice of the Holy Spirit is for. Some of us also, the voice of the Holy Spirit is, we, we, we see it in people, right? We start running after people. You run after prophet A and prophet B and prophet C and prophet D. Running from helter skelter. Just to get a prophet to speak to you. But I'm telling you, the same Holy Spirit that's speaking to that prophet is also present in you. And if you listen, you will hear him. If you listen, you will hear him. If you listen, you will hear him. I said, if you listen, you will hear him. Stop running from pillar to post. I, I, I'm reading a book currently now. It's called uh, Principles by... Um, it, it's, it's not a Christian book. It's a secular book by... Uh, Raymond Diallo, Dilo or something. He's, 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 a, he's one of the top investors in, 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 in America. And he said when he started his career, one of the things he did was try to predict the future. Always trying to predict the future. And he said, but he quickly realized that anyone that lives by the crystal ball is bound to eat broken glasses. Because for him, the crystal balls always break. 
What am I saying? Am I saying people cannot prophesy the future? That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that you cannot depend on that at the expense of the presence of the Holy Spirit on your inside. You have to be able to hear God for yourself for somebody not to manipulate you. A lot of us that are running all around, running all over the place, we are being manipulated. We are being manipulated. Remember, I'm not against the gift of the Spirit. I'm not, you know, I'm not against that. I, told, I just told you now that one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is that he administers the gifts of God in our lives. But I'm saying you cannot live your life on the predictions of other people. You have enough here in God to be able to succeed. You can hear him. You can hear God. Thank you, sir. I was going to go there. He, 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 he jumped my script. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice, and that one says, know my voice. My sheep. Are you God's sheep today? Yes. All right, you have all the capacity to hear his voice. Amen. You have all that you can to know and hear his voice, to be able to understand his voice. All right? So the question now is, why am I not hearing the voice of God? Why am I not hearing the voice of God? Uh, number one, you make it too complicated. You make things too complicated. That's the first step. That's the very first thing. You make it too complicated. If it's, if, if it's too complicated, if anything, anything in the world, if it's too complicated, you are doing something wrong. Anything that's complicated, if it's too complicated, if you are putting too much energy in it, if you are, you, you, are, you know, you are, you are doing something wrong, something is going wrong, right? It's because there's something else that you need to know, that's why you're putting all that energy in it, to make it, uh, to, to make it work, all right? You, you, you get some kind of, you know, tool, and you're twisting it and twisting it, and it's not working, it's not yielding, you are doing something wrong. It's not as complicated. It's not as complicated. So number one, you are making it too complicated. You are making it too complicated. All right? So what does the voice of the Holy Spirit, how do we begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? I don't have too much time to go all through that, but I will just, you know, quickly run through certain things and then we'll be done. Are we, are we, are we together? Yes. How do we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Very simple. The very first step of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, you must be acquainted with the Word of God. Simple, number one step. It's as simple as that. And the problem is, we don't think that the word of God that we hear is enough. We don't think that the word of God that is coming to us or we are reading is capable of doing all that God said his word can do. And so when we read the word of God, we are not paying attention. Or when you are listening to me like this, maybe some of you are saying, oh, I wish Sister so so would be here to hear this. Or I wish Brother so would be here. What about you? Because a lot of times we are too careful for what others have to hear. And we forget about ourselves that every word of God is inspired. And because it is inspired, there is something there for me. Or when we read the Word of God, right? When we read the Word of God, we just read it as a tradition or as a religion. We never ask ourselves, what is in it for me? 
So guess what? We're reading the Word of God. The Word of God says, love your neighbor as yourself. You find it difficult to do it. You cannot do that. Because why? You are not listening to the Word of God. So if you are not listening to the Word of God, how can you listen to the Holy Spirit? Number two, which I will, you know, I'll, I'll camp here and then, and, then, and then we'll go, which is really important. Number two, and it relates to the first one. For you to be able to hear the voice of God, your mind must be renewed. You must have a renewed mind. I hear a lot of people, you know, I, and, and, and I'm in the business of, you know, dealing with young people, teenagers, and all of that kind of stuff and things like that. And, and one of the things that we say when we talk about distraction, oh, social media is distracting you. Uh, leave social media leave TV, leave all those things. Yes, they are distractions, but they are natural distractions. You know the true spiritual distraction? It's in your mind. I know people who don't, uh, who, who, don't, who don't look at social, they don't have a social media account, they don't have anything to do with social media account, they are the most distracted people in the world. Yes, to some extent, social media and all those kind of things and all these natural things, they will take your time, but they are not the real distraction. The real distraction is in your mind. It's in your mind. It's in your mind. All those noise and everything that prevents you from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and be ready to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit is in your mind. How do we deal with that? Let me go to my board. This is not the election board. This is just... <laughs> 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 your mind very important can you can you give me Romans 12 <laughs> now I know somebody's watching CNN <laughs> give me Romans 12 starting from no let's go Be not conformed to this world. Just look at that and just give me that. <laughs> Romans 12, 2, right? Yeah, okay. Okay. Look at what it says. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the, your rene the renewing of your mind will help you to be transformed to this world. So let's take those two words. Be not conformed, all right? The word conform in another translation means mold. Don't be set in the mold of this world. All right? But be transformed. What does, it, what does that transform mean? It means uh, be, be, be molded in the things of God by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? I'm going to explain to you, and I probably will uh, uh, mess some of your, 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 your scriptures up this morning. Okay. I'm not very good in drawing. Ah. Uh, no, this is wrong, right? Okay, let's do it this way. I'm sorry. Maybe Yael, I should have told Yael to help me out. Does this look like a phone now? Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, okay. <laughs> thank you. Your mind is like a phone now. Like this. Can everybody see it? Okay, can you see it there? Yes. 
Okay, thank you. Your mind is like your phone now. All right? Fortunately or unfortunately, we deal with life, whether natural or spiritual, by the instruments of our minds. And so our minds have a very important role to play in how things turn out in our lives. So this is your mind. What the Bible is telling us to renew our mind, right? When the Bible is telling you to renew your mind, is that change this funnel. Instead of this funnel being like this, because it is formed like this, all right? Change it. Because if you don't change it, no matter what passes through this funnel, it's going to come out the way the funnel is going to mold it. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah. All right? Your mind is the reason why, because a lot of times we tell ourselves, we tell ourselves, we say, um, uh, you are what you think. Uh, this morning I beg to differ. I know you say the scripture says so and all of that. Thank you very much. That's the scripture I was going to. Thank you. Were you, were you in my room this morning taking my notes? <laughs> now, I bet to differ. And the reason why I bet to differ is that even that scripture, we read it wrong because we read it out of context, number one. That's Proverbs, Proverbs 23, verse 6 to... It's, if you want to read, don't read verse 7 alone. Read verse 6 to 8. And you'll get a good understanding of that scripture. All right? So that scripture is not saying, as you say, as think it in his heart, so is he, right? And we think that's what that scripture is saying. That's not what that scripture is saying. It's a completely different thing. Maybe a story for another time. But what I want to tell you this morning, and I want to prove to you this morning, is this. Is that what you think is important. But what is more important is how you think. Do you see the difference? What you think is important. But how you think is more important than what you think. That is why you see somebody who grows up in an environment that is positive, that is good, that is great, that is wonderful, and they tell him every positive thing that he can hear. Guess what happens? He does not turn out well because all that they're telling him is going through a funnel that has a foundation in itself. And when anything goes through this funnel, it's going to come out this way. This is the way it's going to come out. If this funnel is over, if anything goes in here, garbage in, garbage out, and good in, good out, right? If anything goes in here, it's going to be formed by this funnel and it form an oval shape and come out over. If it's a block, anything that goes in here is going to form, is going to come out as a block. Your mind is the most important thing. And so what God is telling you is this, is that if you change your mind, your life will change. And what God is also telling us is that don't just change your mind because you can change your mind to anything. God wants you to change your mind, to be conformed to the things of God so that when the things of God come in, it's easy for you to understand the things of God in a godly way. Easy for you to understand things of God in a godly way. Why? Because your mind has been restructured your mind has been reshaped. Your mind has been reformed to be spiritual. That's why the Bible tells us that to be carnally minded is what? Is death. Romans 8, 6 to 10. 
But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know how you're going to be spiritually minded? It's through the reformation of your mind. You have to bring your mind to bear with the things of God. What are the things that we're changing in our minds? First of all, you have to know how did this mindset form? That's what we call it, a mindset, right? How did, it, how did that create this mindset? Because we all have different mindsets. What your, mind, what your mindset is is different from what this person's mindset is. And what this person's mindset is is different from what that person's mindset is. What is the difference between the mindset? What causes the difference? And I'll tell you, number one, our upbringing. Very important. The way you are brought up determines how your mind sets. Number two, the culture you grow in. The culture you grow in determines also how your mind sets. Number three, your experiences. The experiences that you gather sets your mind. So in other words, what happened to you 10 years ago, right, could still be bothering you today. Why is it bothering you today? Because it is so strong that it creates, it forms a set in your mind. All right? Number four. Sometimes the education, the kind of education we give to ourselves. The education you get. The books you read. Number five. The relationships you have. The kind of relationship you form. They will determine how your mind is set. Have you heard of the word best of same feather flock together? Yes. All right, it does happen with the mind also. I don't want to keep naming these things, but at least you have five things, right? That you know are the basis and the foundation. And these are the things, right? Initially, on the onset, these are the things that you must use the word of God to target in your life. Use the word of God in targeted form to target these areas. Is my culture or my upbringing or my education contrary to the word of God that I'm reading? Are my experiences tallying with the word of God? What God has said in his word. Do my experiences tally with the word of God? If they don't tally with the word of God, I need to jettison those experiences. Are my relationships in tandem with what God says? Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. The people you are communicating with and all of that. Do their communication tally with the word of God? Are they influencing you in a way that it will tie with the word of God? Because at the end of the day, the word of God is the basic foundation from which you make all judgment. It's a plumb line. Right? If we don't allow the word of God to be the plumb line in our lives, we are going to miss it. That is the plumb line. That is what we are, that's the measuring stick. That's the yardstick. The measuring stick by which we are measuring everything. So your experiences, your upbringing, your relationship, your, you know, everything. If it does not tally with the word of God, then you have to do it with there. That is the beginning of renewing your mind. And that is the beginning of Christian maturity. Because the more, if you want to hear the voice of God, this is why I say it's not hard. Everything I said, is it hard? Is it difficult? No. no, it's not difficult, right? It's not difficult, it only takes time. And it's the time area, the time aspect of it, 
the patient part of it that is lacking. We have to spend time with the Word of God. We have to spend time to confront these five things, at least on the initial basis, these five things in our lives, and we compare them to the Word of God. And these are the things that we begin to climb up in maturity, all right? And the closer you get to God, quote, God is present in you, God is in you, God is around you, he's omniscient and all of that, but I'm talking about closer in the sense of a relationship with him, where you are interacting with him constantly, right? And through your maturity. The, the, the closer you get to God, the easier it is for you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. The easier it gets. Because why? Your mind that's supposed to be an impediment is really being taken care of now. And so, when your mind is being taken care of, and you begin to think, then guess what? A good man, out of the abundance of the good things in his heart, he brings forth good things. And an evil man, that's what the Bible says. Out of the abundance of the evil, he brings forth evil things. So what are we saying? You have to put enough good things in there for you to be able to withdraw good things from there. And one of the good things that you're going to be able to withdraw is the voice of the Holy Spirit. It is really, really, really easy. Don't start asking the Holy Spirit, are you supposed to go to China and go and minister? <laughs> when simple things like faith, you're not, even, you're, not even, you're not even acknowledging faith. That's a leap. That's a leap. He starts from the Word of God. He starts from you listening and being obedient to the Word of God. Are we all together? Yes. I hope this, I, I told you this was going to be an encouragement, right? Did it encourage you or did it chastise you? I'm just, <laughs> okay, both. Oh, okay, my mission is accomplished. <laughs> so, really, it's very easy to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Very easy to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, but it takes time and practice. It takes time and practice. Start from where you are. And where you are may be the Word of God. God, I'm reading this Word. What is in there for me? And the Holy Spirit will whisper something to you. He will bring maybe a new light, a new enlightenment, and all of that to you. And then from there, he can move to revelation knowledge, where, you know, some things, you just, you just see things like, no, like nobody's seen it. And then you can begin to hear nudgings and instructions and inspirations by the Holy Spirit telling you to go this way and that way. And guess what? It is through that that you are not going to fail. And finally, look at what Jesus is saying, right? Look at what Jesus is saying, to him that overcome, to him that overcome. I will give, I will allow him to eat of the fruit of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the kingdom of God. What is that saying? That is not saying, that's not talking about a by and by. It's not talking about a by and by. What is that tree of life? Who knows the tree of life? Can anybody tell me anything? Jesus, the, 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 the tree of, okay, I already told you, it's Jesus. <laughs> I didn't want to, be, you know, I wanted to hide that so that I can give you a homework, but. But the tree of life is Jesus Christ. And what is that fruit? 
Every tree produces after its kind. Am I correct? So if Jesus is the tree of life, what is the fruit that comes from Jesus Christ that he's talking about here that he's going to reward you with? It's going to be life, but not just life. It's life abundantly. It's life abundantly. That's what that fruit that the Bible is talking about there. That as you begin to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, he begins to lead you and to guide you and to direct you into places where you begin to overcome. You begin to overcome all the challenges that the enemy will throw at you. You begin to overcome easily. Why? Because you are taking advantage of the help that you have. And guess what? That help leads you to that place where you begin to enjoy the abundance of the fullness of the life of God. Amen. 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 All right, I think we are done with this series now, you know.